Chaver, what's going on? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Kuf Dalid of Mesechta Erevin. Um, yeah, that's exciting, right? Right. So, some of the sugyas of today. Spreading out stuff so that you don't slip. Can you spread out stuff so that you don't slip? What do you guys think? Making sounds on Shabbos. Can you make sounds? Chaver. What do you think? Some cliffhangers, right? Chevre, and let's get started. Kuf Dalad of Masech Ta'irvin, six lines in to the page. Bozkin Melach al Gabe Kevesh Bishvil Shelo Yachliku. Who could tell me what the Kevesh is? The Kevesh is the ramp of the Mizbeach. So what the Mishnah is saying is that in the Beis HaMikdash, we can um, spread out uh, salt on the ramp to the Beis HaMikdash. So that the Kohanim do not slip when they are uh, ascending the ramp. Okay. Okie dokie. The Gemara is going to explain what these things are. But we could fill up from a, um, from the Bor Agola and from the Bor Hagadol. Those were these Lishkos. However, we're going to learn together in Mesechta, was it Mesechta Tamid, Mesechta Midas? Maybe Mesechta Midas. Uh, in about just just around another six years from now, uh, we're going to learn about all the different offices that were in the base of Mikdash. So there were these pits that they had, and um, you could fill up water from these pits using a um, windlass. Now, uh, Rib Dennis, maybe you could tell us what a windlass is. I, I looked it up, Lemaisa. I looked it up, but I didn't know what it was. Um, Apparently, it's some kind of thing that you use to crank, to pull up a bucket. It's like gears and stuff, and you crank it, and it pulls up the bucket. Um, so, you'd be allowed to fill up water using a windlass in the Beis HaMikdash. And a Be'er Akir on Yomtif. We're going to have to explain what that is. Says the Gemara, So, Rav'ika from Pashronia asked the Kasha to Rav'e. <laughs> Excuse me. Tanan, we learn in a Mishnah, Bozkin Melach Agabe Akevish Bishfil Shalayachliku. So we said in our Mishnah that in the Besamikdash, you'd be allowed to uh, spread out salt on the ramp of the Mizbeach so that the Kwanim do not slip. Now, the implication being, Bamikdashin Bamdinalo, that yeah, this is allowed in the Besamikdash. It would not be allowed outside of the Besamikdash, i.e., if it's wet out, if it's raining, or maybe even if it's, uh, you know, there's ice out, um, and you want to put out some salt. So it sounds like that would not be allowed. Right, so in the Beis HaMikdash it's allowed. Outside of the Beis HaMikdash you wouldn't be allowed to apply, apply salt to prevent slipping. But we have a contradiction. If you have a Chatzar that got ruined with uh, with, with rain water, so you could bring straw and lay it out so that you don't slip in the mud or you know, get all muddy or whatever it is. So, on the one hand, we're saying only in the Beis HaMikdash were you allowed to put out salt to prevent slipping, whereas over here we're saying, well, even outside of the Beis HaMikdash, you're allowed to put out straw to prevent slipping. So, the Gemara answers, well, shiny Tevin. Yeah, that's exactly correct. You could, put out, you could put out straw. You can't put out salt. Straw is unique to lo mevatale because you are not mevatal the straw, meaning you don't just say, oh, my, 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 um, Chatzar is 
muddy from the rain. Let me just take my straw that I've been saving for the animals and just throw it on the floor and ruin it. No, that, that that's not the point. Yeah, you'll put it out in your chaser, maybe to prevent people from slipping, but you don't intend to leave it there. Um, you're going to take it and you're going to use it to feed your animals. And therefore, there is no concern of la'ashvuye gumis, as we learned about the Mesech the Shabbos, of filling in and flattening out holes. So, meaning the reason why you would be unable to put salt, right? The reason why we say that you're allowed to put salt on the ramp of the Mizbeach, but not outside of the base of Mikdash, is because we're concerned, well, if you put out salt, you might then end up coming to flatten out holes in the ground, which would be the Malacha of Bonet. So, to prevent that outcome, we, the rabbis forbade you from applying salt um, to the ground. However, says the Gemara, Teven, straw, would not fall into that prohibition since you are not mevatel it. Since you are planning to then uh, take the straw and feed it to your animals later, so it wouldn't come under the malacha um, of bone, of building, of uh, you know putting the straw there for long term and fill in any um, unevenness that might be in the ground. Omler of Achabre, the Ravler of Ashi, Haimelach Hechidami. Now, going back to the salt um, on the Mizbeach, on the Kevesh, on the ramp, how exactly was this happening? So if when they would apply, if they were, when they would spread out the salt on the ramp, they would be mavatalit, and they would say, um, you know, we, we don't plan on retaking this, like we're just being mavatalit. So Kamosif Abinion. Well, then you're basically going to be adding to the Mizbeach, right? You're, 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 you're adding another, another element to the, uh, construction of the Mizbeach. You're adding salt. And you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to add on to the structure of the Beis HaMikdash. So, V'idiloka Mivatle. And if you are not Mivatel, this salt, so you're still planning to use it later for maybe tanning hides or whatever it is. So, Kahavya Chatzitza. So, but then it'll be chatzitza, as we learned in the context recently of bandages that are on the hands of the Kohanim, that um, they have to remove them so that there shouldn't be anything in between their body and the work that they're doing. So here also, if you apply salt to the Mizbeach and you're not mevatalit, um, so then it's going to be significant in its own right, and it's going to be lying between the feet of the Kohanim and the Mizbeach that they're climbing. So the Gemara answers, So the Gemara answers that they are not mevatel, this salt. So what about the chatzitza? Well, they would spread out the salt in the context of bringing the limbs of the animals up to the top of the Mizbeach. That while it's a mitzvah to burn the uh, limbs of the animals on the Mizbeach, it's not a mitzvah per se to walk them on top. Walking them to the top of the Mizbeach is merely a means to an end. The end being, right, the mitzvah being burning the limbs. Walking the limbs up to the Mizbeach is really just something that's necessary in order to get them to the top, but it's not significant in its own right. And therefore, if there is salt um, between the, you know, underneath, you know, between the ramp and the feet of the Kohanim who are bringing up the limbs, that is insignificant. Vilo. Wait, is, is bringing the uh, limbs of the animal really not a malacha? Really not an avoda in the base of Mikdash? It says, was that in the context of a korban ola? 
that uh, the Korban Tamid maybe, that the Kohen will bring up the limbs of the uh, animal and burn them on the Mizbeach, Mar, and we said, that this Pasuk is referring to Davka walking the limbs up the ramp to the top of the Mizbeach. So we see that from the fact that it says Ve'ekriva Kohen, that the Kohen needs to do this avoda of walking the limbs up the ramp, it must mean that it is part of the avoda in the Beis HaMikdash, and therefore it, you, you can't spread out salt and have a chatzitza between the feet of the Kohen and the ramp. So Ela Ema Bolachas Eitzim Lemairacha. Rather, no, the voda that we're talking about is bringing the wood up to the top of the Mizbeach. That bringing the wood up the ramp to the top of the Mizbeach is not a particular right to love avodahi, that it's not an avoda. And for that, it would be acceptable to spread out salt so that nobody slips. And the fact that there will be a separation between the feet of the Kohen and the ramp is not of particular significance. Okay. Very beautiful. Darash Rave. So Rave Darshand. What did he say? As we said earlier, if you have a Chatzar and it's all rain, it's rainy, it got all muddy, all muddy, so you could bring straw and spread it out so that nobody slips. So if Papa says to Rave, but we learn in a bright that when he spreads out this uh, straw, he can't just spread it out, just, you know, however he wants. There, There's a little bit of a restriction over here. He can't use a basket or a box, rather he uses the bottom of box. Like if you have a box that kind of broke and now there's the, ba- the bottom, you can use that in order to spread it out. Meaning there has to be some kind of a shinoi, some kind of a difference. You can't just, it's not like free-for-all that you can just spread out straw. So why is Rav saying that you can just spread it out however you want? So So Rava said, you're right. And he called a Amora, like a teacher, meaning the way that they would do it is that the rabbi would kind of say something and then you would have this teacher who would then profess it to everybody else. So he got this professor to um, come and he taught. That the things that I had said earlier were a mistake. Brahm, however... Kach Amrud, this is what they said, Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, different gears to say Rabbi Lazar, that when you apply this straw to your courtyard, when it's all muddy, and don't just apply it however you want, rather, uh, you should protect, you should use the bottom of a box. Continues the from an excerpt from the Mishnah, that you're allowed to fill up water from this pit in the Beis HaMikdash uh, using a uh, windlass. Ula, Ikla Levei Rav Menashe. Ula was visiting the house of Rav Menashe. Who is Rav Menashe? I wonder. Also, Ugavatarif Abava. A certain person came and it was Shabbos and he knocked on the door. Uh-oh. Omar Manhai Ula said, who is this nudnik? May his body be desecrated because he desecrated the Shabbos. Oof. Wow. Ula's harif. Yeah, we know Ula's a shtickle harif. Remember the story with Ula and uh, Yalta? When he uh, acted up in front of Yalta and she destroyed all the wine? I'll go upon him. 
Uh, Ula was not particularly happy that this fellow knocked on the door on Shabbos. Amalei Rabba. Rabba says to Ula, Rabba said, the only thing that's problematic is, is musical notes, but not just knocking on a door. So Eisvei Abai, Abai asked the Kasha on his Rebbe Rabba, Mailim b'diofei, umetifin me'arak l'chola b'Shabbos. So Mailim b'diofei is basically create some kind of, um, what's that thing called? A, a siphon, I think. Basically, if you have two bottle barrels of wine and you want to transport, uh, you know, m- transfer the wine from one barrel to another barrel, you could take like two reeds and you cut and connect them in a right angle. You suck at the bottom, you stick one of the reeds into the barrel, you then suck on the bottom of the other side of the right angle reed thingy that you contracted and then it kind of starts drying the wine. You remove your mouth and then the wine kind of continues drying from the barrel and you don't tell anybody how you uh, just got the wine from one barrel to the other barrel. And then, um, so you're allowed to um, do that. And umatifen me arak lecholet. And you, so an arak was this interesting kind of contraption where uh, almost imagine like a beaker, kind of like a beaker, I guess. But like, oh man, ah, it's not that hard to explain. Basically some kind of container that you would put water in. Now it's a kind of like a science experiment. So when the top of it was closed and no air can come in from the and and, right the bottom of the container there were like all these little holes so as long as the top of the container is closed none of the water will come out because it's not being replaced by air but when you open up the top of the this container thing well then air can come in and then the water drips out through the bottom and then you would put this over a metal plate and as the water drips out it would make a sound and that was useful for sick people who you had to kind of give them space but you also wanted to maybe wake them up or put them to sleep Whatever it might be. So the Gemara says, L'chole in levari lo. Okay, so you can use this um, arak for um, a chole, right? This thing that makes noise with the dripping for a chole, but not for a regular person. I.e., you can't generally use this on Shabbos. And hechidami. Now, what ex- how, what, what's the use case for this arak? So lav dinim v'kobay delisar. Is it not talking about a fellow who's sleeping and you want to wake him up? So we see that making noise is in and of itself a problem. Meaning, um, Abaye was, is making the argument that this Arak thing is used just in order to make sound, right? You have a person who's, um, not, not well and he's sleeping and you don't want to wake him up, uh, you know, start in a startling way or touch him. So you use this Arak, but the goal is that the water, uh, trickling down onto the, um, metal is simply going to make noise, not necessarily going to make music. Um, and we're saying that that's a problem. It's allowed for a sick person, but not for somebody who's well. So, we see that simply making noise is a problem. So, it's Akash and Rabba who said that it would have to specifically be music. So, lo, desir v'kaboi delenim. No, rather what it's talking about is this uh, sick person is awake and you want to soothe him to sleep. So the mishtamea kikala de mazome, that it sounds like um, symbols. Now I assume it's probably not startling symbols since we want him to go to sleep. Maybe some kind of a soothing gong or something. I'll go upon him. So therefore we could sit, we can argue that 
that is particularly talking about some kind of a musical melody of sorts. And that's why it's forbidden. Okay? Eisvei, Abai tries again. Hamashamer peros of ofis. If you have a fellow who is guarding his fruits from birds, udalav mepnei achaya, or he's saving, he's trying to guard his gourds from a beast, mishamer kedarko b'shabbos, so he can guard it in a regular way on Shabbos. Meaning he can watch it. Okay? But there are there are few caveats. Do not clap, do not bang your chest, and do not dance in the way that you do during the week. Okay, very beautiful. My time, how come? So what's the problem with clapping and with banging on your chest? Is it not because, well, that'll make a noise, and making noise on Shabbos is a problem? So that's what uh, Abai is trying to argue against Rabbah. So Amr Vachabar Yaakov, Gezer Shem So Ravachabar Yaakov is concerned that maybe you will then take a stone and chuck it. So and that and that would be a problem. So it's not per se about uh, making noise; it's about chucking a stone. Okay. That which of Yudah says the name of Rab, that you have these women who like to play with these different kinds of nuts. I think like some kind of like marbles kind of game maybe. And they would, I, I don't know, I don't play it. But maybe you would like um, roll some nuts to like against each other or something. It's not allowed. Why not? My time, how come? Uh, Osir is the issue not that well because when these nuts kind of like hit against each other they're going to make noise and that's a problem the issue is that well they want to have a smooth surface for rolling these nuts and therefore you might come to fill in any unevenness that might be in the floor and that would be so, so to prevent that we say don't um, play with these nuts the ilote malchi, because if you don't say it like this, had the Amr of Yehuda, that which of Yehuda said, Nashim mesachkos betapuchim aser, that the women can't even play with apples. They want to, I guess, throw apples against each other. Sounds like fun. Over there, there aren't, isn't much noise, because these apples, when they bump against each other, aren't really going to make too much noise. Rather, the issue must be, that you might come to fill in unevenness in the floor. All right, so we still have not succeeded in finding an instance where uh, making noise in and of itself is a problem on Shabbos. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. So you can fill up water from this Boragola, from this Boragadol, using this um, windlass on Shabbos. But Mikdash in Bamdinalo, we say it's allowed in the base of Mikdash, but not outside of the base of Mikdash. My time, how come? Is it not because this windlass makes noise, I guess, when you crank it, and therefore it would be unallowed? Lo, No, the problem is that you might fill up water from this windlass and then um, use it for your garden or your dilapidated ruin, I guess for whatever reason you want to put water in your dilapidated ruin. Okay, nothing like having a dilapidated ruin 
on the last half of Erevin, or the second to last, even if it's in a different context than we're used to it. But don't want to miss out on that dilapidated ruin. A Maymar shara limimale begilgala bimachoza. A Maymar actually allowed the people to use this windlass in Mechoza. Omar, my time His reasoning was, well, if we think about it, what's the reason why the rabbis said um, that you're not allowed to use a windlass? Well, because maybe you'll fill up from the windlass and then you'll use the water for your garden or for your dilapidated ruin. Here in Mechoza, we don't have gardens and we don't have dilapidated ruins. Okay, I'm a little surprised because in Mechoza, Mechoza was like, always has that vibe of like wealthy metropolitan vibe. So why wouldn't they have gardens? But then when Amemar saw that they were actually using the water that they would draw from the windlass to soak um, flax, so then he said that actually it is not allowed. You're not allowed to use this windlass on Shabbos. Okay, very beautiful. And they could fill up from this Be'er Hakir on Yom Tif. My Be'er Hakir, what is this Be'er Hakir? Amr Shmuel. Borshe Hikiru Alea Dvarim Vitirua. Oh, it's a certain um, um, pit that they, uh, um, what's the word? Um, that they, Hikir, uh, like, oh gosh. They, uh, hmm, I don't know, they d- deliberated, I think is the word I'm looking for, that they deliberated around it um, and said that it's permitted. And apparently, there w- this was like um, when they were coming back from the exile to Eretz Yisrael and the Imamish needed to drink water and it was, it was Yom Tif, And they said, you know what, we, we would be, they, they discussed it and they determined that they would be allowed to draw water from this particular well. That is this. Be'er Hakir, this Be'er that they kind of spoke about, that they called out about. Okay? May sleep, but we have a contradiction. Lo kolaboros akiros itiru. Elezobovad. One second, we have a contradiction. It says that they didn't permit all the boros akiros, rather this one particular one. Now, Now, if Shmuel is correct, that it's this particular pit that they, that they, um, would deliberate it about, well, then what does it mean that, you know, then what's the deal with this Brysa that says that there were actually all sorts of borrowed? There were lots of them, and only one particular one was permitted. But according to Shmuel, there was only, you know, a, a grand total of one of these borrows, Hakiros, that it was a particular well that they spoke about. So, El Amr of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Ber Maim Chaim. Rather, says Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who I feel like we haven't seen too much of Nachman Bar Yitzchak in Mesech the Erev. Mesech the Shabbos, I think we saw a lot of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, but I feel like we haven't seen him too much in Mesech the Erev. Akoponim, he says that what this Be'er Akir is, is that it's a Be'er Ma'im Chaim, a Be'er of running water, of flowing water, of lively waters. Shenemar ke Hakir Bayer Memea Vigomer, that like a, a pit flows its water. Um, so what it means is that there were, you know, it's a Be'er Akir is just a Be'er of flowing water, but there was one particular one that they permitted its use. Gufa, we said earlier, that they didn't permit all of these boros hakiros, rather one particular one. When the um, people of the Galus came up to Eretz Yisrael, and it says Rashi, uh, not yet, they, they encamped around this particular Bermaim Chaim, 
and the prophets among them permitted them to draw water from it. And Mistama was Yamtif. Says Rashi Nivim Shabayim Chagais Chariu Umalachi. Oh, Velo Nivim Shabayim Ela Minagavosim Biadim. But I guess apparently it wasn't actually the prophets among them. Rather, it was a, a particular Minag, um, particular tradition that they had that this uh, well was usable. Cheva, let us stop here, and then tomorrow we will pick up from this Mishnah and take it on, bring it on home. Chevre, that was Daf Kuf of Masechta Erevin. So the main sugyas, I think, were spreading out stuff so that you don't slip. So if that stuff is salt, so then it's allowed in the Beis HaMikdash in order to um, put on the Mizbeach so that you can bring up the wood for the Mizbeach. Um, however, outside of the Beis HaMikdash, you would be unable to use salt um, because we have to be concerned about Lashvuye Gumis. However, straw you'd be allowed to put out if you kind of use the bottom of a broken uh, box to spread it out with because um, you're not going to be Mavatal the straw. You're going to take the straw and then feed it to your animals. So you're not going to leave it there in order to um, fill in the unevenness in the ground. We talked about the sugya of making sounds on Shabbos. Ula said you're not even allowed to knock on a door on Shabbos. Rabbi says that's not true. What you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to make musical notes, but you'd be allowed to knock on a door. Abaye tried all sorts of ways to prove that Ula was correct, but he did not succeed. Um, yeah, I think that those were really the main sugyas, Chavre. I hope you enjoyed Daf Kuf I'll catch you guys tomorrow. We'll bring it on home. Peace out.